Welcome to the Laser Therapy Institute weekly podcast, the world's first podcast about medical laser therapy for healthcare providers. Each week, we discuss the latest research, interviews with experts, and how laser therapy can enhance your practice. Now, here is the founder of LTI and your host, Dr. Jason Roundtree. We're back. We're back. I've got some awesome stuff today. Too. Yes, I think it's this exciting. Will be really, really good. Um, it usually is. Well, so, thank you. But to have something else like this is really big. It's like wow, it just keeps going. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, we're going to be addressing a question that we get quite a bit when it comes to doctors trying to find good laser devices mm-hmm. and then kind of listening to what all the companies say and then wondering, okay, where's the truth here? And of course, if you've been with us for any amount of time, you know that what we like to do is go to the research for Mm -hmm. those answers. So rather Mm -hmm. than talking points and sales pitches, we want to know what does the research really say when it comes to different laser devices, different specifications and things Mm -hmm. like that. So thank you very much for joining us. This is the Laser Therapy Institute podcast. My name is Dr. Jason Roundtree. I'm a certified medical laser safety officer and a chiropractor. And this is Christy. She is a certified laser tech. She's delivered thousands of laser treatments in over her career. And right now she is actually in charge of developing our online course materials for doctors. If you're a healthcare provider and you want to know more about laser therapy, check out our website, mm-hmm. lasertherapyinstitute.org. Exactly. Yes. But the main thing we do on this podcast uh, is not try and sell you on what we do so much, but more go over the research that's out there to try and answer the questions that clinicians have when it comes to applying laser therapy in practice and actually helping people get better, helping Mm -hmm. patients improve, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You want equipment that works well, you want equipment that's reliable, you want, you know, if you're going to spend the money on it, you want the best equipment possible, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So and then um, know how to use it, and then and that's the other thing. You do have to know how to use it, uh, which is the part that most people come to us for. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do get asked quite a bit about you know selecting devices, mm-hmm. and so when I mm-hmm. saw this study, I thought this is something we should definitely go over. Um, so I'm not going to give you the title of the study quite yet because it kind of gives away one of the main points uh, just reading it. Don't want to have a spoiler um, alert from the start. Yeah, no spoilers from the start. So this just came back, came out in December of 22. So it's only about very four recent. months old. Yeah, mm-hmm. brand new, brand new study. Very, very interesting. I actually saw the draft version of this um, before we got, had the peer-reviewed version. Nice. So I've been kind of watching it for a while and wanting to get on it. But uh, this is the first opportunity we've had to really sit down and, and break this down. So... I've got a lot of visuals. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are on Mm -hmm. podcasts, you might want to go ahead and run down the video version of this, which you can find on our YouTube channel or Mm -hmm. on Facebook. We Mm -hmm. do Facebook Live for these, which we might not do that in the future if it keeps being this difficult. But for now, um, YouTube is good. YouTube's good, Mm -hmm. and it's a good place to find these for sure. So if you want to see some of the visuals that I've got, check that out for sure we will link the study mm-hmm. of course uh in uh in the show notes uh so you can actually go and find this study and look at the the source material if you want to uh but my job today is not to read the study to you uh but to try and break down what it means get the highlights out there in a way that's hopefully understandable in a way that benefits you as a laser therapy provider sounds good okay so the question we get a lot is um you know, what's better, class three or class four? What's better, super pulse lasers with really mm-hmm. high peak powers or, or, or lasers that can put out more on the average power basis? And this is an important question because mm-hmm. 
Um, some of these devices are about the same cost. And so you go, what do I want? Do I want this high peak power um, in a class three or do I want the class four that puts out more average power? What's the difference? Of course, the, the salesperson with the class three laser is gonna tell you, well, there's better. And of course, the salesperson mm -hmm. with class four is gonna tell you, well, there's a better, right? So mm -hmm. where is it really at? Well, one factor that is touted a lot by both class four and class three uh, uh, providers of laser devices is the penetration depth. Mm -hmm. And that means how deep the laser can reach to affect mm -hmm. deeper tissues. Mm -hmm. Now, there's some debate as to whether penetration is really even necessary, you know, deeper penetration is really necessary. We're just gonna go with the assumption that it is. I tend to think it is important. Mm -hmm. um, just the research that we have and clinical experience it matters how much light you get to a certain depth. And that is exactly what this particular paper day is looking at. It's actually comparing a super pulsed laser to a more traditional class four laser to determine depth of penetration. And when I say super pulsed, we're talking about a laser that has a very, very high, extremely high peak power, meaning mm -hmm. it pushes out bursts of very, very bright light, but they're very brief. And the, the average power, meaning the, the power that it puts out over a period of time is actually very, very low. Mm -hmm. Your class four therapy lasers put out a very, <laughs> you're good, no, you're good. Um, the class four lasers put out a very high or a variable average power over time, mm -hmm. so they put out a lot of power, or you can actually tune them down to put out a smaller amount of power over, over time. And they still have high peak powers, but not as extremely high as some of these super pulse lasers. So the question really is, which one gets better penetration? Because of course mm -hmm. the, you know, the folks selling the, the class three super pulse lasers are gonna say, well, we get better penetration because we have these really, really high peak powers. And the class four folks say, well, those, those high peak powers don't mean anything if there's not some average power behind it, right? So. Doesn't wavelength matter as well? Wavelength is a huge factor. Yeah. So. Huge factor, yeah, absolutely. <coughs> so you have to look at that. and. and how do you really break that down unless you can really compare, right? Right. right. So the great thing about this particular study is they did the very best they could to compare a super pulse laser and a class four laser on an even playing field. Okay. So they've got the same wavelength going. Mm -hmm. They've got the same power levels, very, very close to the same power levels, uh, similar pulsing um, uh, setups. And so, uh, this is probably one of the best looks that we have to date on a head-to-head, -head, which one's better, super pulsed or traditional class four? Okay. Okay? So we want to know which one gets better penetration. We also want to know which one really delivers more light to the deep tissues because just getting light through the tissues, that is important, but, mm -hmm. but what about you actually delivering light to those tissues. Mm -hmm. There's a difference there, and we're gonna kinda get into that as we go. So, now I'll give you the title of this study. It is, more than 90% of the light energy emitted by near-infrared laser therapy devices used to treat musculoskeletal disorders is absorbed within the first 10 millimeters of biological tissues. To shorten that up, 90% of the light only makes it 10 millimeters deep. Mm -hmm. So, if we're starting with that, it does kind of give away the end. We're not getting much light right. into those deeper tissues. Right. So then the question of penetration becomes more important. Mm -hmm. Well, if we can't get much light in there, how deep can we get it? Right. Right? Right. Okay. So 
I'll give you a quote here from the study to get us started. They say that while some musculoskeletal tissues are close underneath the subcutaneous layer of skin, like the Achilles tendon, other target tissues are deep within the body, like the origin of the hamstring muscle, right? Up mm -hmm. at the ischial tuberosity. It is therefore important to know the amount of energy that transmits into certain depths of tissue in order to better understand the effects of near-infrared laser light in the treatment of musculoskeletal disorders. The penetration depth of laser light in tissue depends on many parameters of the input laser beam, such as the wavelength, the color of the light, mm -hmm. and the beam width, as well as on the parameters of the tissue itself, like the skin pigmentation. That, that's a pretty significant factor, too. So, mm -hmm. wavelength is a huge factor. We really do know that wavelength is the biggest factor when it comes to tissue penetration, because as you change the color of the laser or the light source you're using, it affects how much of that light can go in deeper. We right. know that 970 does not go as deep as 800. Right. Um, in this study, they showed that 905 nanometer laser is close to the same as about 800, but most studies say that between 800 and about 850 is where you get the most penetration of light into the tissues. But different wavelengths have different effects, so right. sometimes it's good to be able to look at different wavelengths for different tissue types. Which one really goes deepest? It's going to be in that 800. In this study, they say between 800 and 905, that's pretty accurate. I mean, yeah. 905 does go fairly deep. We just know from other studies, it does not go quite as deep as 800. Right. So they, in order to investigate this, they set this up um, in a, a pretty, I mean, it's a pretty bomb-proof setup. I want to show you a picture of their setup here. Um, they, they went ahead and, and used two different laser devices. One is the uh, K-Laser Cube mm -hmm. 4, which is a device that came out in, I believe, 2014. Uh, it's been out for a while. They still make these, although it is a little bit on the getting towards the outdated side. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, there, there's a few other versions ahead of it now. The other laser that they used was a Swiss EMS laser. That was the Super Pulse laser. Mm -hmm. The K laser is the is a class four laser, and so then they used these sensors and set these lasers up where they could look at the actual tissue, animal tissue, hmm. passing light through that animal tissue and then measuring it on the other side. So they had these different slices of tissue, and they would they mm -hmm. would do this for both lasers. Wow, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, pretty good setup, really. Yeah. Um, and, and in order to really get a good comparison, they tried to set these up as, as completely as possible to get them as close as they could. So, yeah, on the left side, or at least on my left side here, this, this white boxy-looking laser, that one is the Dolar Class high-power laser from EMS in Switzerland. And then on the right is the Italian-built uh, Cube 4 by K-Laser. And we're just going to say EMS and K-Laser from here on, um, just because it's a little bit easier. But those are the particular types of lasers being done. These, these tissue samples that are here uh, between the laser handpiece and the sensor, they used uh, eight different tissue specimens, including skin, fat, muscle, tendon, and bone tissue as well, from three different kinds of animals, chicken, pig, and beef. Um, just went and grabbed them at a butcher shop there in Munich. <laughs> pretty cool hey it's fresh it, it works why yeah, not why you know not? um you can't do this with humans <laughs> no you know so might as well do it with, with animal tissues using different animal tissues pretty smart too um so they set this up 
I like your setup. I think it's I think it's really pretty good. I think this could be used for, for other devices really too um, to get some really reliable numbers. But uh, this EMS laser operated at a wavelength of 905, while the K laser could be used at four different wavelengths: 660, 800, 905, and 970. Uh, in addition, the K laser had a so-called intense superpulse mode, which used all four wavelengths. Mm -hmm. In this study, they mainly used it at the 905 setting in order to compare it to the results of the EMS laser. Because mm -hmm. the EMS laser only has the one 905. So if you really want a head-to-head -head comparison... you got to turn off the other lasers yes. in the unit. Yep. You've got to have a matching wavelength. Because mm -hmm. like you said, mm -hmm. wavelengths matter yeah mm -hmm. depth of penetration matters you know mm -hmm. wavelength is one of the biggest factors mm -hmm. so in this case they went ahead and matched the wavelengths which is great that's what we yeah. want to see um they operated these in pulse settings so the ems laser operates at forty thousand hertz the k laser they were able to go ahead and turn that on to twenty thousand hertz and then the ems laser operated at an average power of about 1.2 and the K laser was set to one watt and it resulted in a little bit higher, uh, a little bit more than one watt actually coming out of the handpiece, which is good. You want mm -hmm. it, you'd rather be a little on the plus side than on the minus side. Right. Uh, the K laser in ISP mode resulted in about 1.8 watts of average power. So they got them as really, as, about as close as you possibly could. Yeah. And then they, they used these different tissue types to try and evaluate, okay, which one really does get the better penetration through there. Now, let's take a second and talk about peak versus average power. Because if, if you're new to laser, um, then you may be kind of wrapped up on, well, hold on, what are we even talking about here? And I know this is not the, the greatest picture, um, but essentially what's happening when you have a pulsed laser is it is on some of the time and mm -hmm. off the rest of the time, mm -hmm. right? That's, it's flashing right. on and off, on and off. The rate at which it flashes is called the duty cycle. That mm -hmm. just tells you how much of the time the laser is actually on. So a 50% duty cycle would mean the laser is on 50% of the time, and mm -hmm. it's off the other 50% of the time. Mm -hmm. This EMS laser has a very, very high duty cycle um, where it's, it's off the majority of the time. The duty cycle is 0.4%. Uh, um, so it's, it's off. 99% of the time and it's only giving you these brief little blips Interesting. Um, of power but with that it can do this very very high 300 watts of very very brief intense power mm -hmm. um, and this device is from the EMS website or I'm sorry this this picture is from the EMS website showing that 300 watt peak power and then it's got another number on here too 1.35 watts 1.35 watts is the average power. So the average power means how much are you getting over a period of time, mm -hmm. right? So what's not just the, the, the how bright it can be, but over, say, a second, how much power is really being put out by the device. So this one can put out about 1.35 watts, which does put us in the class four range. Mm -hmm. Many of the other super pulse lasers out there can match this peak power, but a lot of them don't quite get to this 1.35 watts. A lot of them are more in the class three range. They're like mm. half a watt, okay? okay. But, but the overall, about the same idea, right? The idea there being that you use these very, very high peak powers and uh, you end up with a pretty low average power because you're trying to generate these really, really high peak powers. 
Okay, so that's what we're talking about with peak versus average power. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to understand both of those, but you've got to you've got to ask sometimes what is the average power? What right. is the peak power? You know, and and then we have to decide okay which one matters? What what's better? That's what the study's about. Which one really gets you more? Because the K laser does not do this extremely high peak power. Right. It does a peak power um, at most of 20 watts mm-hmm. instead of 300. Which is quite a difference. It is quite a difference. Yep, it is. So if you put those side by side and you have them uh, perform as close as you can to the same, uh, the same setting, the same wavelength and everything, then they show that the EMS laser penetrated slightly deeper into most tissues. Only for the beef fat tissue, the K laser penetrated slightly deeper into the tissue. Hmm. Now, that's the, that's the answer to the question. Do you get more penetration out of super pulsed or out of a traditional class four? You're going to get more penetration out of a super pulsed laser. Mm-hmm. But wait, let's really break that down and talk about it. Let's look at some of the stuff that we had from here because um, they, they, in this study, they really did not tell us how much of a difference you get. So this is a chart from the study. The red, or the orange and blue lines are the percent of transmittance through tissues. They look pretty much indistinguishable. Right. They're very, very close. If you look right. at the bar chart down here on the bottom right, there is a very small difference. Mm-hmm. Is it a statistically significant difference? It comes out to be about a 5% difference. Mm. Okay. So between the two, you could get about 5% more penetration through tissues with a super pulse laser as you could with a class 4 laser at the same settings and wavelength. Because you can adjust that and get that deeper penetration with the class 4, right? You can adjust it to match one of these super pulse lasers fairly closely, but because you have that lower peak power, mm-hmm. you're not gonna get, you're gonna get about 5% less penetration. Okay. If, if the wavelength is the same mm-hmm. and the power, the average power is the same, mm-hmm. then yes, 5% more penetration, okay? Now, when you look at it, it really doesn't actually look like it's much different at all. And then here's another chart showing the difference. It's, I mean, when you look at these bars, there's a, just the slightest difference. Mm-hmm. Is it statistically significant? They didn't really address that in the paper. That's not really my job. But it is minimal, right? When we look at the um, the intensity chart, you can see the blue line here is the EMS laser. It goes very high up towards its 300 watt peak power, but it's off almost the entire time. When you mm-hmm. look at the K laser power levels, You'll notice that with the ISP, you get quite far up into that uh, that higher power, but this is more sustained over the long term. A little mm-hmm. bit more sustained over the long term. So you get you get a little bit of difference there between those two, and that doesn't matter quite as much as as trying to break down. Okay, so which one gets better penetration? The Super Bowl's laser, mm-hmm. if everything matches. Right. Five percent difference. But with both of these lasers, only about 1% of the light is going to reach that 15 to 20 millimeter depth. Mm-hmm. So now we have to say, okay, 
can we really come to an agreement that higher power should be more detectable at deeper levels? You know, if you've got mm-hmm. higher power, yes. You know, there's a 300 watt peak power here for the EMS laser. It's getting light about 5% deeper. Yeah. Just to ballpark it. Mm-hmm. But that's the most the EMS laser can do, right? It can only get to 1.3 watts. The K laser and many other class four lasers can get much higher than that. Mm-hmm. So the second question after just which one gets better penetration is which one delivers more light to deep tissues, right? Right. Because that's what we really care about. Not yeah. just can you detect some light down deep, but which one is actually going to get more light right. to the deep tissues. Right. So let's look at this. If you have a super pulse laser with a starting average power of 1.2 watts, which is what they quote here in this study, if you lose 90% of that in the first 10 million, in the first 10 millimeters of tissue, then by the time you get to 10 millimeters of depth, you're down to 0.12 watts, right? Mm-hmm. It's just you've lost 90%. Right. If you're trying to get to those very deepest tissues, 15 to 20, 15 to 20 millimeters, you're losing 99% of, the, of your light, so you're down to 0.012 watts or 12 milliwatts. That's how much you can get to these deepest tissues. 12 milliwatts with your super pulse laser, this particular one. A class four laser like the K laser, you can put that at 1.2 watts as well. In which case, you're probably gonna get a little bit less penetration than a super pulse laser. But the K laser and many other class four lasers can go way higher on their average power. Right. So if your starting average power is 12 watts, you lose 90% of that in the first 10 millimeters in the first 10 millimeters of tissue, you're still delivering 1.2 watts to a 10 millimeter depth. Which is the starting average power of the, the other one. Right. Yeah. So right there, right off the top, you are getting more light mm-hmm. to those deeper tissues. Now let's do the 99% loss. If you want to get to your deepest, deepest tissues and you lose 99% of your light to get to that 15 to 20 millimeters, if you're using your class four laser at 12 watts average power, you're going to deliver 120 milliwatts of power to those deepest tissues. That is something the Super Pulse lasers simply cannot do. Right. They can get light pretty deep. They really can, but they're delivering minuscule amounts of power. Right. I think the power delivery is much, much less. Yes. It's just not making it that deep. Mm-mm. So that's where I tend to say, all right, yes, I care about penetration. It does matter, Mm -hmm. I think. This study says it does matter. Mm -hmm. This study also says you lose most of your light in the first little bit. So to me, I don't really care if I can get minuscule amounts of light to sometimes penetrate deep. I want to deliver as much light as I can to those deep tissues because it's already freaking hard to right. get any light down there. You're right. losing 99% of it right. in you know, 15 millimeters of tissue. So how do we do that? Well, you got to start with more power. Mm-hmm. You've got to have more power at the beginning so that by the time you lose 99% of it, you have something left to affect those tissues. Right, right. So that's the answer. That's my answer. Yes, you absolutely will get more penetration with a super pulse laser if everything is equal but your wavelength matters Mm -hmm. and your starting power level 
matters a lot too. So delivering a dose of light that can actually do something at depth is going to be easier with a more traditional class four laser. Mm -hmm. Now this study compared the EMS laser and the K laser. Really we can use those to probably represent most of the super pulse lasers from other manufacturers as well, as well as other class four lasers. Um, there's a ton of them out there. There's a whole lot of different brands out there. Mm -hmm. But essentially, I want you to think of it this way. Do I want to get tiny, tiny amounts of photons to, to reach pretty deep? Or do I want to deliver a lot of light to those same deeper tissue levels? Because to me... It seems pretty obvious to me. Yeah. But. Yeah. So... Uh, my thanks to these researchers for, mm -hmm. for giving us this information. This is, like I said, this is one of the best head-to-head -head comparisons I have ever seen. It's a great, yeah. It is. It's I great. would love to see this done with more manufacturers' devices, really. Mm -hmm. Going head-to-head -head like this is great, you know, mm -hmm. and they really did a great job trying to get these parameters to the same. The only place that I felt like they could have done a little bit better is then talking about how much more light you get when you do up that average power. That would have been something that would be good to see because they didn't test the K laser on anything higher than a one point, uh, a one watt setting. Hmm. They could have okay. dialed it up to 10 yeah. mm -hmm. or five even just to compare and see what the difference is. So right. hopefully future studies will show us that. Um, I do have to say one gripe that I do have with this study too is that uh, it, it was fairly biased in terms of e favoring the EMS. Um, the, uh, the laser devices were given to these researchers by EMS. Um, and the authors themselves have been involved with uh, EMS as well. Um, so, um, so anyway, uh, you know, there, there is some level of conflict of interest there, I think. These guys certainly biased towards the EMS device. <laughs> but even with that, um, the data that they gathered, I think, is very good. Just the conclusions are a little bit... Um, they didn't take into account average power and how that affects light delivery at depth. Mm -hmm. so. But overall, pretty cool. I want to see some more like this. Yes, definitely. Definitely. If you have questions about what kind of laser device you need to be selecting, if you have questions about how to use the laser device you've already selected, get a hold of us. You can email us, info at lasertherapyinstitute.org. You can message us on Facebook. You, can, uh, you can't tweet at us because we don't do that stuff. No. But you can, get, uh, you can get a hold of us pretty easily in multiple different ways. Be happy to chat with you about your laser therapy needs. If you're a patient and you're sitting there going, what the heck are these guys talking about? We have a much, much more patient-focused mm -hmm. podcast called Healing at the Speed of Light. I encourage you to check that one out because Definitely. it breaks us down in terms of what you as a patient want to know. Like, will this fix my plantar fasciitis? Will this mm -hmm. help my knee pain? Those kind right. of things. And right. not quite as nerdy on the uh, laser devices as what we've got here. But we need to know the research. We need to know how it works. That's right. That's what we do. We so want to look at the research so that we know what's going on, mm -hmm. not just... You can Not always just, up uh, the game with the research that comes out. Absolutely. So, very good. Cool. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. We'll see you next time. Subscribe now to keep learning about the growing field of laser therapy. Check out our patient-focused podcast, Healing at the Speed of Light, a great resource for your patients. For massive practice growth and improved patient outcomes, become a certified Laser Therapy Institute clinic. Learn how at lasertherapyinstitute.org.